calling in sir and what may i help you with hi can i order pizza nope try again can i have a can i have a pizza pie instead nope one, one more time can i ha can i have a pepperoni y yes do you like pepperoni or sausage on a in general, or, or on a pizza pie? <laughs> Answer the question. <laughs> Answer it. Um, I guess I'm more of a pepperoni guy, but, you know, I, I think it depends on the sausage, you know? I, I, I mean, you know, there might be a spicy sausage, and also, isn't pepperoni just a sausage, but basically in little circles? Basically. Isn't it the same thing? Haven't they been lying to you, the damn Italians? Fuck you, Java. I don't want to update right now. Thank I'm done, you. Java. You're gonna have to I... get it. You gotta. You gotta do it. Ben, uh, um, I. Uh, how are you? I'll be better in just about oh. three seconds when this intro plays. Damn. How you doing? It's the Who You Looking At podcast with Michael Nankarola. And Ben Lewis. You gotta say your whole name. I did. To be on the podcast. I, t I said it. You did. You did. I just. Would you like me to do my full name? <laughs> Benjamin <laughs> Xavier Lewis. It's, it's, an, it's not Xavier. It is, is not saying? Xavier. I said the right name. Because it should be a mystery. Oh, I, I already said it. I'm sorry. Nope, no, you didn't. You didn't say it. No one heard don't it. Don't listen to what stop. I said. <laughs> Everyone stop listening now. Stop it. We, we really keep starting the podcast telling people to stop listening to the podcast. I think I think it actually is to our benefit, you know? I think if you tell people to stop listening to something, eventually they'll just get more people to listen to it. Because like, hey, who ever heard of a podcast of people telling them not to listen to us, huh? We're playing hard to get. Here, we're, gonna have we're, we're that too hard to get but too well dressed boy going around town in a velvet suit. We're that little boy in the corner doing his little dance. Everyone wants what they can't like, have. I don't know what the fuck I said about little man. <laughs> <laughs> little man <I'm> grooving. <laughs> little man dancing in the corner. Oh. <laughs> ben, do you do you want to go dancing with me? We gotta go dancing. Uh, you know I'm down. You don't even gotta ask me. Have you ever gone dancing today? Today? <laughs> today specifically? <laughs> no. Do you dance? I want to ask you a personal question. Do you dance in private in your room? No. You don't? That's just the thing I do. I I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> I feel like if someone were to look. <laughs> be a fly on my wall while I'm in my room I think they might think that there is something mentally unstable with me I think they would look at me and be like um he looks depressed uh oh see I I think people would say the same thing about me except I mean maybe the depression thing less so but I dance a lot in my life <laughs> <laughs> I'm just picturing you like busting out of nowhere, like grooving, but like really hard, like sweating. Like <laughs> you better believe it. <laughs> if I get that, my my mom used to like when I lived at um, Bridgewater. She used to like knock on my door. She'd be like, "Are you okay? It sounds like you're moving furniture." <laughs> and I would be like, "No, I'm good." And I literally was just dancing too hard. <laughs> it's it's the complete opposite for me. They think that they actually don't even know if I'm home. Oh damn! I mean, yeah, 
there's also that aspect of me being around. But Mike, I love that. I love that for you though. I love tonight Noah good dancing. Like I I don't ever have anything going on in in an ambiance sake for me to prompt a dance, you know? I don't have that. I search I search it out. I look for dancing music. If I if I listen to a song it makes me I, you know, I don't know. Hey, you look like you're in a like mixture this. of of at a slam poetry while in a bar yes. fight, like, <laughs> like, <laughs> like just like snaps. throwing throwing snaps at him. <laughs> Damn. Uh, yeah, I I I I can't not dance sometimes. Um. Yeah. I I mean, I kind of. It seems like I'm I'm more than happy to in the in a dance setting. Um, <laughs> I'm not good. <laughs> i'm more than happy to dance <laughs> i'm more than i'm more than willing and happy to dance in my happy way um i don't know why that got me <laughs> um really good. you know i love i love going to i love getting really really drunk and not not caring like so i'm i'm a terrible right i like dancing and I, and I know i'm bad at it i have no rhythm i have very little yeah. rhythm um, and I know it looks terrible and me being the person I am, I try very hard to not be self-conscious throughout my years in life, but yes. those are one of the instances where I catch myself like being so self-conscious of how bad a dancer I am. And I find it much more fun when I'm highly inebriated and I don't, and all my inhibitions are out the door. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I have not I haven't gone dancing drunk in a long time. I, you, you know me and my dance moves. I feel like they haven't evolved. You've been around me when I danced uh-huh. a few times. Yeah, probably at prom most. And I've definitely adopted places. some of those from you. You definitely copied. You said adopted i i I, hey yeah okay sure you want to use the fucking bad term i was thinking more of a lighthearted thing of adopted that's what i thought you said those are my dance children what have you taken from me i don't know i feel like when i've danced around you or with you or external since dancing with you i i sometimes adopt i'm like this is probably something mike would be doing right now (laughs) at the same time yeah I, I mean, I love I, that so much. If I had to say, like, my dance partner of all partners is Lauren, and Lauren and I go ham on the dance floor. Um, and then Bikram would also Bikram, Lauren, and I would go fucking ham at a at a bar that had no <laughs> no sense for dance. Like, we had a local bar by my school that was like the smallest hole in the wall bar. And, like, they did have some nights where it was, like, busier than others because it was, like, the only fucking bar there. Uh, But it definitely was not, like, the dancing vibe type bar, even though they had a DJ and, like, had all that shit set up. And we, me, Lauren, and Bikram were the only three people in the dance area going hard. And then, like, maybe, like, 60 other people standing there staring at us, like, what the fuck are they on? (laughs) Dude, I... I don't know. I so the majority of places I've danced in are gay clubs mostly, just because like that was the people I would go out dancing with. And I, I don't know. I don't. I'm, I don't succeed in that realm. I don't think. Like my dancing is very similar to like salsa. I, like I really want to go salsa to dancing, but I don't think I'm like ready for it, and I don't have a partner oh, for it. There's too many steps. There's too many steps. I don't know if I can do. Like I do a very natural salsa. Like I do this. You know what I mean? Like I get, yeah, I get the arms. You get there. you get the arms and the shoulders. I think it's the footing that you would need to uh, like. Not that you couldn't do, but I think you would need to know the like. You would need someone to show you like this is the salsa, and once someone shows you, then you're set. Yeah, I think I think I'm missing the official I, steps. I don't think but I improvise a salsa. I don't think you can be thrown dance. into it because I'll tell you right now, having two past relationships in the Latina genre, they have genre. <laughs> that is <laughs> that is all it's all bachata, it's all yeah. it's all rumba, it's all salsa, it's all of that. And yeah. and I thought that those of all things I would be able to get like bachata's kinda not that hard it's pretty easy but like it's intimidating bro when you're surrounded by people that have been doing this since they were two 
Like, yeah. it is literally, like, ingrained in their DNA to know how to dance to this music at the age of three. There are three-year-olds with more rhythm during those songs <laughs> than I was at the age of 19 with my girlfriend at the time. <laughs> See, like, I love it. I think it's such a cool dance. I, I love the music when it comes to dancing. It's just, I don't know. Can I... But, I don't have a good partner. Like my girlfriend's way too white. Oh yeah, yeah, way too white. You know, can so, I? No, can I just? I'm tell way you, too white as well, but I don't have a lead in like you did. I I just want to tell you one thing too, before I want to get into news before it gets too far in. Um, one thing, one key thing that I think would be very vital for you, in in the form of learning, that genre of dance um is too much or too little hip okay okay see is, I, I throw the hip in it's it, and i know you do that's why i'm mentioning it because <laughs> i know you do and trust me because when i was doing this i think i was doing almost exactly the same as what you would be doing and they turn and and i had my girlfriend's dad come up to me he's like you're dancing like a girl apparently uh. the guy has the subtle hip you know it's almost like a little like a little thing you know like a little boop right. the the girl has like the sway and if you have too much of it it's like you're taking their role away from them oh okay i don't want to do that not to mention wanna, it's a culture full of people that are taking masculinity very seriously and when they looked at yeah. me doing that they were like you look like you're gay and i said Thank yeah. you. I take that as a compliment. Exactly. I was just going to say that. <laughs> I you. think I'm cool to see I, I Hey, you're just jealous that I can do more hip than your women. Exactly. <laughs> and your women. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I just wanted to talk about something. It's not like um, crazy big story or big news, um, but it brought up something else in my head, so I thought I'd bring it up. So Squid Game, big, big thing. Big, big thing. Big Topical. Netflix. Uh, all over now there are costumes everywhere and stuffed animals everywhere or i shouldn't say animals but stuffed characters everywhere you're seeing squid game plushies oh yeah dude oh yeah oh, i haven't been to, i haven't been to a store that wouldn't have to sell anything like that in a while it's, I've seen it. it's mainly mall kiosks <laughs> wow that's so bizarre yeah it's really <laughs> bizarre it's so weird um anyway it's a huge hit phenomenon uh all that and a jazz um but the main character, the actor, has just been named and appointed the Gucci Global Brand Ambassador. Okay. Or like, you know, like one of them. You know, they have, I'm sure they have multiples. But like, first of all, congratulations to you. His name is Lee Jung Jae, and I'm definitely pronouncing that wrong. Congratulations, um, Lee Jung Jae great looking man i thought he i dude from the beginning i thought he was a good looking guy with a great smile i think yes. it fits him fine but it brought up this sort of idea to me right how nowadays um literally every like anyone can become an ambassador right like you have like louis vuitton and like gucci and you know i don't know fucking Balenciaga or whatever the fuck they are and they all have like culture icons becoming ambassadors not just because that like uh, they're all good looking like I I'm sure you know that they're all just going to be good looking but it's all after like post them becoming huge things and yeah. I think the juxtaposition between a like an actor, a singer, or some like large phenom person, and then these like luxury brands reaching out and be like, hey, we want you to be our brand ambassador and rock our shit and look fucking yeah. sexy and get all that stuff. The cynic in me is immediately like, you are no longer one of the common folk. You're now raised up to a celebrity status everyone knows who you are so you're now like one of us yeah yeah you you're a luxury brand icon now yeah it's just one of those crazy idiots on the street exactly <laughs> well i just think it's i think That's it's kind of i don't know i think it's kind of i i agree i completely agree i think it's kind of weird that 
like where I want to know where this where these decisions come from. It's clearly based off of fame. It's clearly based off of notoriety, and that like. Yes. It's a quick. It's a quick bet. It's a quick sell. It's Squid Game's hot. Everyone. Everyone in the world knows who this guy is. So they're gonna be like, "Oh wow, I love that show, and I like that guy now because I now, now that I know him from the show." And then they're gonna be like, "Oh, maybe I'll buy that, you know, YouTube bag or whatever." And I mean, but that's it. I feel like I don't know. He's not the only one either, because uh, the 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 girl that plays like, you know, like one of the main girls in it uh Hyun Jung she also became an ambassador of something I forget what brand but like she's also getting like a bunch of the stuff and like I I get it like that's just the way the fucking world is gonna work in terms of money and selling shit but like yeah. you you know it's never like oh you know uh so and so you know either wears these products or so-and-so is like like that brand is in some way or like the owner of the brand or the the CEO, whoever it is is like a fan of so-and-so whether they're big small or whoever and it's just like you know hey we'd like this to happen and it's not just for like because you're big now i think it's only like problematic to us because it seems kind of transparent in how they're marketing it us it's yeah. just like oh i understand the pitch meeting i can honestly see, hear it word for word mm-hmm. what they are probably saying to like sell us a product which feels uncomfortable like <laughs> yeah. even if it's probably not that bad like i don't know like if you saw a billboard on or like a you know poster at the subway station or something like that and it was like a random hot person with a bottle of cologne versus like something one of the chris's <laughs> one <laughs> pratt hemsworth, hemsworth or, or or all of them pratt hemsworth evans with like a little bottle of you know whatever and it's like cologne for sexy man or something then you're more likely to at least look at the billboard or yeah. poster even if you're not going to buy it mm-hmm. and then it's like ingrained in your head forever that like that that like cologne from that company is, will turn is, like, me into Chris Evans. <laughs> <laughs> the cologne will make me into a Chris Hemsworth. I want abs and <laughs> and <laughs> I a nice smell good women will think I have muscle and a nice jawline. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I you know it's it gives me it puts me in a position where I'm like I'm I'm very happy for the guy because you know if you think about it these actors you know while. You know, I don't know much about their career in Korea, if they had large careers or or not, or if they're minor, but very clearly had had nothing a career as big as they are now. And so I'm very happy for them. And like, you know, they're definitely making a good living right now and and riding that wave, Um, which is, that's nice to see. it's just, you know, I don't know the full role of an ambassador if it's just, you know, we get free clothes and we we wear them and take a picture. I think it depends on the level. Like, that guy is definitely making money off of it. But, like, my sister is, you know, 17 years old and she's just on Instagram as a, as a woman. <laughs> and she has, like, a billion clothing companies reaching out to her a day being like, if we send you a t-shirt, will you, you know, wear it in your next post and, like, shout us out or whatever? Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's, like, they're not giving her money, but they're giving her, like, free, free clothes. Yeah, free clothing. To, mar- to market for them for free. Like, they'd rather lose the purchase of one shirt and have, like, you know, my sister's thousand followers or something see the shirt on her or whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just you know, whatever. Hey, Mike, are you on your laptop? I am on my laptop, yeah. Can we can we try one one thing? Can we try doing a Discord and just see how that goes? Okay. Real quick. Do you want to do you want to switch? You want to cut it here? Switch it? Uh yeah. Well, you know, just hop onto the Discord and we'll see how that goes because I don't. It's not that it's 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 just, it seems quieter than the previous times and and weird and odd. I just want to see. Okay. I'll I'll call you. I'll call you on this. I'll see you. And we'll be right back. 
And we're back. And 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 you're loud as fuck. Oh my god. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's it's on my end. You know, that's a good thing. Okay. Um, let me let me get this. Get your camera. I'm trying. I'm trying, babe. I'm really trying. <laughs> All right, just talk a little bit for me. Ben, I think you're a wonderful guy. I think you're cute as fuck. Yeah, I think that's way Pause better. It. Thank you. No, keep going though. I want to hear more. Look at the, look at the tower of uh, objects surrounding you. There's this tower of things. <laughs> There's this tower. Of things. <laughs> you got. You got. You're a man of material. I I have so much substance behind me. It's great. Substance. Um. Okay. Well, th- that that's basically sums up the ambassador shit. I just was very uh, interested in in that. Yeah, dude. Interesting. It's a weird, like, new. I think it's only gonna get worse. <laughs> yeah, only gonna get worse. <laughs> or it's gonna be more prevalent. Like, I just don't like the idea that you, like, if you're an entertainer, like, if you're in the you know industry of whatever you want to define it as, like, the wide umbrella of entertainment. Yeah, it makes sense to me that like someone might sell out and say, I need some money and I'm going to sell this product for you. Like there's nothing wrong with the sponsorship. Yeah. Like, you know, please sponsor the podcast. Like I want some extra cash and I, if it's a cool brand, I'd love to sell it to people, you know? Um, but like, there's a weird aspect where they're women like everyday people. And it's like so ingrained in like this new generation's idea of like, a like a tool for this company mm-hmm. you know what i mean like I, I it just bothers me that my my sister or like someone else like her is being used as a marketing tool oh yeah i mean <laughs> for free swag <laughs> you know i'm definitely not a fan of the whole throwing around of the selling out term right um i think sparingly it can make sense, you know. I think I think that can only. I feel like that applies to someone who like very clearly takes some sort of money from a business who's doing shitty ass things. Yeah, for the for money's sure. sake. If someone is just doing a product and wh- whether or not they like it, but the product is just kind of like, eh, all right, it, you know, they're indifferent. Like. It's not a bad thing. They just don't like the product. I don't consider that a sell. I'm like, yeah, people need to fucking make money in this world. Like, you know, if someone like if 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 someone gets a sponsor of something, and like generally, I know a lot of people that I watched with who get sponsors. They all kind of they all like whatever it is that they get. But I wouldn't be like, oh, this fucking guy. Like, oh, now he's got all these fucking sponsors what a fucking sellout he used to just be in it for the content oh for the content i'm like no like this guy needs to in order to make the content you need fucking money like yeah totally yeah until there's like an actual way to make money off of doing this kind of stuff like you know a patreon thing yeah yeah, exactly um you know i think yeah i don't think it's a bad thing at all no yeah it's a weird like I just don't like how it's affecting everyday people who aren't making anything, who are just like existing on the internet as a person and have like a day job still because they and, need to make money. Yeah, and and you can have a day job and also do creative stuff mm-hmm. or not even creative stuff, just like being a content creator or whatever. I don't know. It's just weird. Yeah. I honestly think I was just thinking about like that's how. I feel the best content is sort of made when it's not their, the person's job. You know what I mean? Like obviously the goal for many people in that world is for that to, you know, become their full, uh, job. And like, they can just put full all their attention towards that. But, um, there's something to be said with, uh, when when you're doing something as a hobby and that you like to do and as for fun and that when it becomes your job it becomes work you know what I mean like obviously there's some grace period in it where you're like oh like this is still this is great I'm doing what I love and even throughout the whole thing you're still doing what you love and they don't 
a lot of people in that situation don't take it for granted, but more and more things start to become work because because that is your full income, that is your full job, you need to put out videos, you need to put out the content, you need to get sponsors, you know. Without that, then you revert back to having to have some other secondary job or some other thing to support it because that's, again, it's just how life works. Yeah, I mean, if you if you have to do a hobby, it's not a hobby anymore. Yeah, like if you have to go mountain biking every single day, that's a that's a job. Like that's just your body. You know, you're using your time like it's a necessity. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. I think it's um. About this like a couple times. It's just like it it ruins. Having to do something that is creative specifically ruins it. That's why if you're in the arts in any way, you got to get a tech job that mm-hmm. means nothing to you. Hopefully, having enough like a work life balance and the motivation to do both. That's what I'm currently finding I'm having, I'm struggling with. Yeah. I'm not making enough time for myself to, you know, live a fulfilling life or, and, make stuff i want to make mm-hmm. kind of just focusing on the middle one and the first one that's, um that's what which I, I don't think is which i don't think is bad it's just like you know i i gotta fit in more time to make some cool shit so i think uh a, a person that i feel like gets far too much shit from people because i i honestly actually don't know what it is from i think it might just be out of a mixture of jealousy and um I, I really I can't put my finger on what it might be, but someone who I like their model is Mr. Beast, right? I can't say Yeah, I don't I, understand why people don't like him. Like I, I, I mean, I can understand like there are always gonna be people that hate on someone like, oh look at this guy just like throwing his money around and you know, or doing this. His whole model and he's spoken about this numerous times on various talks that he's done or podcasts or whatever, that everything that he spends or like makes off of a video and it goes directly into the next video. Like he's obviously there's still going to be asked. I mean, he now runs one of the largest channels on YouTube. And with that will obviously come more responsibilities, more like work into the fun, but he kind of sticks true to the whole thing of, you know, it's not all about the money. It's, it's, it's a mixture of, yeah, it's because of the money, but also that money isn't really his money. It's money that's reinvested back into the videos, back into the content and to create good things. You know, when someone's just making videos to then get that money and then they want to go get, you know, whatever it is that they wanted to get. And there's nothing wrong with that. But in a lot of instances, the, the, the content that they're making and the quality of stuff that they put out declines drastically because you know, they're focused on other things. And then when they need to make that money again, they put out some shitty thing. Uh, yeah. yeah. I feel like I, I don't watch his videos because I feel like they're kind of geared towards kids most of the time, especially like the video game stuff. I don't watch any of the video game videos he does. Mm-hmm. I, if I'm being honest, I find his friends are kind of cringy. It's kind of him. I don't know. His like, I just think it's very like, I can imagine a twelve-year-old self really loving it. Wait, his what? Account? Like the way, like his gaming stuff. Oh, I, I I watch a few of his videos. You know, like some of the ones that like kind of catch my eye. Like you know, you know, giving away, like opening a dealer, a free car dealership, like shit like that, right. where I think is kind of like inch, like cool to see. Like this, the, I saw his recent video where he was like cleaning up the. Mm-hmm. Where he was doing that video for like the um, uh, I forget what it was called. It was the charity with the clean the oceans. Stuff. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. You know, obviously, I just watched it as a person who wants to see the ocean cleaned. But like, that stuff's awesome. I you know I can't ever bash him for that. Yeah. And, but mean... then I watched like a couple videos of him playing Minecraft, and I'm like, okay, well, this isn't for me. But he's still like a cool guy. He definitely has a lower aged audience, I would say. Uh, for the most part, I, I'm sure there's a lot of people that 
watch his videos. I mean, he's got fucking millions and millions of views. Um, but in terms of like how, what they cater towards, it seems very much like a younger audience. And I got which is which I is fine. <laughs> As Ben is dying, I will say I think it's totally fine. It's just that I'm, you know, twenty three, and some videos are more serious and interesting to me, and some most of them seem like they're just kind of mindless entertainment which is totally cool i will say one of my favorite ones is so he actually now has a new channel and a new like business venture where he owns like a food pantry or like multiple food pantries and Mm. uh his first video before like going fully public with all of that information was buying out an entire supermarket and just buying their entire inventory of everything loading it into trucks and then bringing it over to the food pantry warehouse. And, or I don't know if it was his at that point. I think it was a different food pantry, but then afterwards he like spoke about like his own now. And that guy that they used in that video who had it like ran other pantries now runs his. That's cool. And so like, I think like it was stuff like that. That's really cool. I just think to kind of bring it around, like, it's it's the full thing of like reinvesting into the quality of videos and stuff and you know not everything has to be like oh you know giving a hundred thousand dollars away to whoever can you know touch the most golf balls in three minutes i don't like not it doesn't all have to be something like that obviously but like take what his sort of thing is and then bring it down to whatever scale or whatever thing you're working at so that the quality of stuff that you put out is still good and you know the my point with people that are have day jobs and put out content you can tell how much they care about that content because you know that's not their income this is what they want to do this is what they enjoy doing and this is like you know when you see finally someone that like that that one video in a youtuber's sort of career that almost all of them post at some point, maybe not so much nowadays, but like in the past, they would be like quitting my day job and going full for YouTube. Like that was like a pinnacle for most people on YouTube and and like at some point and like, you know, still could be. Yeah. I think it's just kind of like when you're in that zone or working nine to five, you know, worse hours and you, then decide I'm going to have instead of sleeping <laughs> and resting and watching TV and just relaxing and getting ready for the next day. I'm going to focus on actually doing more work, something that I'm interested in. That that comes across like that passion yeah. to push through the fact that you're you could be sitting on your couch watching, you know, binge watching a TV show right now, but you're actually making something cool. And I'm not saying that like you know, working a full day's job and then deciding to relax is a bad thing at all. That's amazing. Um, but like the passion definitely comes through more when you have that setup. Mm-hmm. And it's not that like going full time on YouTube or going full time as a creative person is bad. No. But it just it but if you you know, let it kind of control your life to the point of like I need to make a painting for next week. Or else I'm gonna die. Mm-hmm. If if those are the stakes, <laughs> yeah. or a video, or a post, or whatever it may be, like I don't know. Some people like live off of that adrenaline. Like they they need that push for themselves to make anything. I don't like it. <laughs> I I personally don't think it works on me. I just get more anxious about making anything. And then I say, maybe that lifestyle is not for me. Yeah. Um, when I could be making some cool shit, I just chicken myself out of it. So I don't know. I think, uh, I don't know, make, maybe a healthy lifestyle is <laughs> important to be. I think like the, uh, the dream for like every person. And I, I, this is like, I know broad at this point, but like the goal is to just, have enough money where you don't have to worry about that. And everything you do is purely like great and purely like what you want to do. Like Joe Rogan, a big person in both comedy and podcasting, he, he has whatever money he could want. 
he doesn't anything he does from this point on is just purely what he wants to do like his whole podcast has not changed since the day he started it it's just him talking for three four hours on bullshit on whatever he wants to talk about and like yes he is in a position where he can afford for it to not make any money and stuff but through that mentality it's made a fuck ton more money (laughs) so you know like it's like it's the whole kind of like you know i do what i want i i do what my interest is and like that's kind of like a cool thing yeah i i think it's kind of i keep saying that sometimes I think it's kind of. Hey man, you can only think kind of like all the time. Only kind of think, maybe kind of if I do. I only kind of want to do this a little bit longer. Yeah, I, I, it's um, it's interesting. I wonder. I think everyone's skewing that way right now. Like everyone's kind of realized, like I don't want to do my day job. It sucks. Mm-hmm. I wonder what it's going to be like in the next like five years, five ten years, because a lot of people are quitting their jobs out of like lack of passion, which is good. Because honestly, there's a lot of bullshit jobs that shouldn't exist out there. Um, <laughs> but but also, name one of them. <laughs> I'm interested, <laughs> please. <laughs> Praise God. Um, but I do think it's. But also, I think people don't realize that the dream job that they want to go for is like, yeah, you know, just because you're enjoying yourself doesn't mean you're not killing yourself doing it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that that might be a lot of people. Like I, I don't know. Like most of the creative endeavors I do are the most. Actually, that's not that's not like literally. My day job is the least stressed day part of my day. But mm-hmm. anytime I'm ever trying to do something creative. Is when I'm starting to have anxiety attacks, yeah, yeah, and all this other shit, which is like you know, that's part of the process. Anxiety and stress. (laughs) Anxiety is is a a fun time. I had a very close person in my life call out the fact that I do like the bowed knee thing. You know what I'm talking about? I think so. Yeah, yeah. How my how I hyperextend my knees? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she said it's because I'm anxious. I don't think that's the case. I think she's projecting. <laughs> I, think, I think she's projecting too. No, I. I mean, I. I, I don't know. I. I would definitely take a, a psychiatrist idea on that. <laughs> I'm gonna go to a therapist for my knees. Um, but yeah, I. I think creative creative work is the most stressful work you can do, and I. I think there's a lot of people out there who like happy fun land where they're skipping through a field of flowers and everything's going to be perfect in their life when they're like oh i paint for a living that's so fun yeah. it's like no paintings work you're gonna get carpal tunnel you're <laughs> yeah. gonna to have to sit and stare at something for 10 plus hours and never know day. whether you actually finished it or not <laughs> yeah. it's it's like yes that's my favorite part about any creative thing is like is this done i don't yeah. know serviceable for like 75% of the people out there in the world, but those 25% know it's not done yeah. and I need to impress them. And yeah, it's crazy. Like, dude, so I'm worried about that aspect of everyone like quitting their day job and going to pursue their passions because I think a lot of people are going to get burned because they have incorrect, you know, ideas of what that's going to be like. Um, um, but yeah, I don't know. I just started listening to a, another podcast. <laughs> I listened to too many goddamn podcasts. You listen to too many podcasts, man. Well, this I, one... I don't listen to that many podcasts. <laughs> I listen to so mm-hmm. fucking many. Um, this one, I actually didn't even know this existed, which is, you know, shocking. Um, but it's a podcast hosted by Rick Rubin. You know him? Oh, I don't. He's a very famous producer. I have a shirt with his face on it. Um, okay. And he, I mean, he's produced like an insane like he's one of the most well-known producers in the world he's produced i think all of red hot chili peppers album since their fifth album uh he's done a we a, a weezer album or two uh you know kanye he did like he, he's produced many many albums um any and 
multiple genres, metal, rock, rap, like all of it. Um, and his, he's known to be, if you look up a picture of him just for yourself to see what this guy looks like, he, he is exactly what he looks like. He's a very hippie guru meditation type guy. And yeah, you see him. <laughs> um, there was a documentary made recently about, uh, you know, the Beatles with Paul McCartney and it's Paul McCartney revisiting some of their older recordings and stuff like that. And he, it's with Rick Rubin is, is like the guy who's doing it with him. Um, so anyway, that's just to preface it, but he's like, if you look up anything on him, he's just so well known for becoming like, he went from like an evolution of a producer to like a therapist. He, he's like therapy for these artists. Like he worked with Mac Miller like two years or three years before he died and like that's what got Mac Miller to his most he's, he was never sober but like to his closest to being sober um you know he talks about them like it's not even about he's like the epitome of quality it's like he he, he worked for Def Jam Records and he did that for a while and he worked on stuff that was private primarily focused on the quality it wasn't focused on who would buy it and who would pay money for it he just worked on what sounded good and then put it out and that's yeah. what and and it, he's credited for some of the most famous songs and famous albums of all time because of that and because of his notoriety anything he does from now on is just for quality's sake so with these sessions with these musicians that he works with some of them are just them sitting around talking for like hours about you know life about like you know what their goal is you know you know what their uh uh aspirations and you know how they're feeling about their pasts about you know what they're trying to say in their music or whatever it is and then like another whole day can be spent just listening to music uh, as a whole or like just messing around with instruments and just playing around and having fun and like through this process that he's done, it highlights quality. It highlights, you know, relaxation and not stressing over trying to get this album. Like, I need to get this album out, you know, right now. Yeah. And so his, his podcast talking with these people is just crazy therapeutic, like listening to them and like their thought process. Like, I think you would absolutely love it because um, and obviously not all of them. I'm, I'm sure there are people that he's spoken with that would be more interesting to you than others. Like, uh, he had one recently with Ringo Starr. Um, and like, he, he's just had a bunch, but like, I was listening to him and it's just crazy hearing him talk about it because it's so like calm. It's so like, not like, oh, so, you know, what inspired you to do? It's like, oh yeah, I can hear like the sadness in that part right there like now did you do this because like was that hard to work on with your friends or was this hard to come up with in a group like that and like it's just yeah it's wild that's cool i mean it's just it bothers me to no end that some of the most famous powerful you know like well-connected people in the world turn out crap it's just like you have all the resources in the whatever the fuck you want and to take whatever money you want on it. And they're still listening to the bullshit producers who are like just forcing them to make and churn out garbage. And it's yeah. just ridiculous. Yeah. It's like you, you're at a point in your career where you can just turn off everyone and spend a couple years fully funded <laughs> and you could have you could you could fund an orchestra for like a year uh, you know, and make the most epic thing of all time, but instead you turn it, you just hire someone else to make something, and then you stick the name on it and just make a fuck ton of money. And it's like, I get, I'm not blaming like the consumer in any way, although they do have a pretty substantial role in keeping that cycle going. Mm -hmm. But it's just mind-boggling that no one, not no one, but like that, aren't like. I'm going to just make something really cool. Like, I'm not trying to, you know, make a buck here. I already have a billion dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to 
you know, whatever. It's weird. As shocking as it is, it's always, as you're saying, like a very small amount of people that do that. And it's like the top of the top of people that do that, you know? You know, I hate him or love him. Kanye is one of the only other people that really does something like that. Cause like he doesn't care anymore. Like he doesn't need, he doesn't need to make another yeah. thing. So like whenever he makes something, whether you like it or not, it's fully his conception and his idea that he just does. Yeah. That is the one thing I respect about him in every other sense. He seems like a crazy person. Yeah. <laughs> but, but see, who needs help. That's he why he's a crazy person. I think it takes a, a manic person to be able to produce crazy things like that. And someone who has no filter, who just says what he wants because he's being unapologetically, authentically himself. And, you know, that could be good and bad, like, in, at yeah. the same time. I'm not saying it's perfect. I'm just saying I think it's something that is, you know, you can look at and be like, that's, com- like, commendable, like – for someone to just be themselves and like do what they want. And like he, he put himself into bankruptcy making his clothing line that which no one would support him with and is now one of the largest clothing brands out there. Yeah. And I'm not saying this about him specifically, but I am saying this in general, you can be authentically yourself with a lot of mental issues. You got to figure out (laughs) (laughs) and you can be authentically yourself. With a couple things sorted out. And not think that Martians have taken over the government. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there's some crazy people, you know, running that Jew lasers killed. The- <laughs> um, but I am sure being 100% themselves. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that is still not great. <laughs> but... Uh. Um, yeah, I, I think it's an interesting for being creative as a job is an interesting It's wild. Because it doesn't mean it doesn't mean anything. It is so like, you know. Yeah. There's no there is a use to it, like I know there is. Like also a huge chunk of my brain is like can they just build something for people? Like can they just like make some spoon. I don't know like get something I don't know. It's, it's a weird it's not concrete weird is world. what it is it's not concrete like you know an accountant does you know does things within accounting you know yeah. a, 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 an architect is building shit is designing shit an, an artist is is somehow getting paid to make art <laughs> like yeah I mean, it's just, a, it's crazy. Yeah. I, as, an, as a person who does it, slash wants to do more of it, it's like, like, I don't to do this. Like, it's kind of insane. Yeah. Which is why, like, I am at peace when I do my graphic design bullshit. And I'm like, okay, I am creating a logo. Or I designed the website. <laughs> I, like, there is a tactile. I am wanted here. <laughs> I, I am needed for this. I, literally, they need me to do something. It, they will use it however they use it. You know, like I did a freelance job for shout out to Joseph Dad slash Joe. <laughs> and he sent me a photo of it at the convention hall. Like I made a banner for them. They printed it and they used it at the convention. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wow, what a practical skill I have. Yeah. That <laughs> I can just make something for someone. <laughs> and, but then I do my paintings and I'm like, oh, I did that and I'm proud of it and I expressed myself in a visual way, but I'm not like trying to make money off of it. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean I'll I'll sell it and I'll hopefully I'll sell it for what it's worth. And then when you but, die, like, it'll be worth ten times that. <laughs> yeah, probably. probably. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean that's how it works. Right? I love that. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I mean <laughs> but but my intention for I think it's all about intention. It's like I I never made a painting. I've only made a few paintings that were intended just to make money. Yeah, with, yeah. and they are my worst painting. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, no offense to uh, people who have bought my work who ask me for commissions, uh, but the people who buy my work from my archive have a better deal because I made it for myself. Yeah. 
or I made it because I needed to express something and I couldn't figure out how I felt about something. And then that exists separate of any other transaction or whatever it may be. It just is a separate entity to me. And I, I, I think that's, that's the only way to really do creative art or creative work rather. Yeah. Um, but then you're like, but if I, if I was a full-time painter and every painting I did was paying my bills, I would, I wouldn't make anything cool. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like it. But yeah. I mean, I, I, I keep thinking about trying to, uh, I, I, into like my writing of stuff, you know, like incorporating now, obviously we're still young and there's a lot more to experience in life, but, um, I feel like, you know, there's something that I like, I, I need to be like fishing down for like something to inspire more of a writing thing. Like most of my stuff is like, okay, you know. I've got a vivid imagination. I can think of this concept for something that I am interested in and like or whatever. But um, as far as something that is just like, I, I like, not not like I would be trying to force this out, but I like your concept of like, you know, you, you've created art in, in cases where you're trying to express something that you can't fully like mentally express or like physically, like, or you know. I can't verbally articulate it. Exactly. Like, I just, I don't know how to express it to a person or to a therapist or something Yeah, yeah. about how I feel. And so I have to make a thing <laughs> and to so, like, feel better about myself. Similarly to that, I, I feel like, and I know that there would be instances of it, but it's, it would take like fishing down and like seeing what those are. I know one of the biggest ones that I've already had concepts for um but i'm trying to think of something a little bit more original because i've i've heard and seen various other stories or short stories and stuff along the same lines of this concept so i'm makes it a little bit harder to try to think of something that i wouldn't feel like i'm stealing uh but about like alzheimer's and about dementia and like that's like very strong within my family and like while i'm it wasn't something very like uh it wasn't very something like prevalent in my like as a young kid or whatever i i saw it all the time because it was my grandfather my grandmother and like it i never really took it like so hard like i was like never oh shit <laughs> hey we're doing we're doing the podcast can we talk to you later <laughs> <laughs> we got a special guest Got yeah, special guest. Hey, listen, man. I'm just, I'm, not, I'm just listening in. You know, I'm just, uh, I'm a moderator. <laughs> Get up, man. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> but I can't do the podcast with you here. No, he, I love how he's muted listening to the rest of this. We're in the last, we're on the home stretch right now. Who the fuck? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Okay. Got... But continue Ooh, on your you? very. <laughs> <laughs> Continue on your very serious talk about Alzheimer's. <laughs> yes, I, I shall. But um, I think if uh, I I also bring that into not like I link this directly, but like my shitty memory and like my brain and head trauma issues. But like all of that kind of intertwines and like brings together some sort of cohesive pro like thought process in my head of like a mixture of like fear, a mixture of sadness and a mixture of like living to the fullest and all of those elements I wanted to intertwine into one sort of written piece. But, um, as, as, as most things would, it'll take a lot more thought and a lot more, uh, depth in thought process for what I want that end product to look like. Yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta marinate it, and also you gotta figure out how you actually feel about stuff. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm a big believer that if you're, there's a lot of things that you might be currently going through that you can't really express yourself, mm -hmm. figure out figure it out, and maybe creating something about it might help you figure it out. But if that's not part of the story or whatever it may be, um. Then it might come across like you don't know what you're talking about. 
I, I might. I, might. I uh, think not uh, that you don't know. It's not about that specific topic. But. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely see that. I'm also, I don't know why this is who I am, unlike what I lean towards, but something about not knowing what I'm talking about. Like, I think there's something to be said where a lot of people don't know what they're talking about. A lot of people don't know and have no sort of conclusion to something. But I think the merit of speaking about it, even while not having that, you know, conclusion or that, that resolution has its, uh, its merits to it just in the, in the face of other people that are feeling or going through a similar thing or just can't, you know, you can't express what it is, but simply writing it down, whether or not it it gives you anything in the end and like has you have some sort of epiphany at the end is not exactly the biggest thing, but more so being able to express that like, okay, this is this is what my this is what it's gone what I've gone through. This is what my kind of process has been. And I don't know what that means and yet and you know, maybe ever, but you know, this is what it is so right now. Yeah, I mean that's 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 also an important aspect of storytelling. I I struggle with that personally. Of like feeling like I need to be omniscient about as the narrator, as the creator, like my characters being the ones who are struggling through something and not me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like I know the answer, and I'm going to lead my character in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, but that's obviously never going to be the case. Or at least, you know, with specific things. Um, because obviously, like, if you're writing about anything real, you're writing about your own experiences. Because mm-hmm. that's all you can write about, I think. Yeah. <laughs> and um, there's a lot of bullshit that, you, that everyone will have to sift through for the rest of their lives. And maybe, you know, some stories are worth telling, even if you don't have to completely figure it out. Yeah, because everything doesn't have to be neatly wrapped up. Sometimes, you know. I think that's exactly it. I think it's it's you know sometimes it's yeah. better to to end it without anything in a tight bow, versus yeah. trying to formulate some sort of conclusion just for the sake of having it. Yeah, which is why I think I'm like leaning towards. I have a few like ideas up in the air right now for like personal projects. Mm-hmm. And um, they've been up in the air for like a while. And I feel like I've talked about a couple of them on the show and like uh, updates. But I'm leaning towards one that has to do with um, my childhood slash my brother's childhood. Yeah. I think I know this one. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to kind of lean into that because I feel like I know the lesson. It's more about like the lessons I wish I learned. Mm hmm. Wish I I think I wish every kid should learn, um, and trying to showcase those in like little short little stories that go over like a long arc, um, because I feel like I know enough to tell a kid how to interact with the situation. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a fundamental enough theme that most adults view as common sense or something like that or like view as a lesson they learned a long time ago um that maybe a kid who's like in the middle of it might need some context or something like that you know? yeah so that's how i got through everything <laughs> you did too like just having a reference point with something to be like oh that's something i've noticed that i have to go through um as like an example of like i'm re-watching how i met your mother and there's enough shit in that show for me to be like oh wow i need to figure my crap <laughs> like and not i used to watch that show and be like i identify as ted mosby and like feel like i had to be him mm-hmm. um but a lot of me over the past like few years of watching that show over and over again <laughs> i've kind of been like oh that's a pitfall that i have like here's where he's not being a good person yeah and that's something that I do too. It's, and I it's don't an association go down that thing. Road. Yeah, yeah. Like that association isn't always like that. I'm super cool. I'm the main character. It is. 
he's going through something and I've been through that and or it, I can go through that if I go down that path. Yeah, it, it, it's, so. it could also be that's a terrifyingly real thing that I'm possibly able to go down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and that's what I do that with every show I watch that I actually give a shit about. Mm-hmm. Um, what, and I think it's important. Yeah. I think that's, you know, idea that you're not special which is always good <laughs> <laughs> i think that's what um, makes a show great though is relatable things like that like that's how that's how things become so big like that yeah if they feel if the characters feel real enough to that be, that like, you can be like wow like i see part of my own tendencies in that character whether they're yeah. good or bad like it's, it brings that sort of attention out which is why I always gravitated towards shows that were like the main characters were in their like late twenties, early thirties. Because I feel like they at that age you still have a lot to figure out about life. Like you're still on the cusp of a lot of important things. Mm-hmm. But you've also been through a lot at that point. Whereas like shows that centered around like teenagers, they're just like you haven't been through shit. So like, <laughs> uh, what am I? What am I gonna learn from this? Kid? Hey, what the fuck you talking about? Watching sixteen, <laughs> working at a lemonade shack. <laughs> I know I needed that. Sixteen, gotta find a way. Got a new job. Gotta start at the mall. <laughs> hey, <laughs> thank God. I'm on my own for the first time. <laughs> what a good show. But like, as I remember when that show came out, and we were like, what, like. Yeah. <laughs> I remember watching that show and thinking like that's crazy like that's what being 16 is like or whatever <laughs> and obviously it's not a depiction of what a 16 year old is like but it at least made me feel like I, there were problems that I haven't gotten to yeah, yet that you hadn't gotten to in that stage of life yet and I haven't gotten to that stage of life yet and whatever I'm going through now is not ever and uh-huh. that's great because at that age, it sucked. Yeah. At 16, it sucked. And 20, I'm sure, is going to, you know, my 20s are going to suck in certain ways. And that's kind of important to know that there's another end phase. Hey, hey Mike, do me a big favor, right? We got to get to our speed, uh, our rapid round soon. Uh, but yeah. just before that, I need you to promise me something. Can we wa- rewatch 16 and see how it holds up today? <laughs> Okay, I've watched it recently. Yeah. Like, not recently, I'm... not, like, within the past year I've watched uh-huh. an episode. It is so horny. Dude, okay, that's, I, I'm asking you because not just about how it holds up, but, like, this could not be a show that is made nowadays. Like, this no. literally could not be made nowadays. And I don't it was know. A, the, first, the intro had, like, french kissing yeah. close up dude i don't know if it's my if it was my brain formulating this but i was thinking like dude there were definitely themes in that show that like are just not okay <laughs> like not able to be done now yeah i mean for especially for I, a kid show <laughs> i think the majority of it was fine i think they just were uh, i think they were accurately sexualized yeah yeah <laughs> like Kids at that age are doing that stuff. It's too accurate. It's it's too accurate for a kid show. Like, because it was marketed towards like twelve-year-olds and thirteen-year-olds, which is like you know not something that those kids are doing. Yeah, no. Um, like it was, it wasn't meant for sixteen-year-olds. I think. I don't think so, because the sixteen-year-old's gonna be like, "What the fuck? Like, this is stupid. I want to go back to my life." (laughs) Yeah, I do remember turning sixteen and I played that song. I played the intro. (laughs) And when Dude, I turned 16. That was a good fucking intro. I love that song. It was a really good intro. So it was good. one of the best. Back when intros of, of, of cartoons were great. Yeah. All right. You ready, brother? Yes, I'm ready. It's a wrap around with Michael McDowell. Okay, then. We got pepperoni or we got sausage. Fuck, I already answered this. Pepperoni. We got fish or we got frankfurters. <laughs> frankfurters? We got Canada or Mexico. Oh, Canada for sure. <laughs> Squid or octopus tentacles. I hate. I hate both of those. <laughs> Squid. Squid. <laughs> Typing or writing. Uh, writing. Salmon kisses or tuna kisses. 
salmon. Connie or Dennis Dingleberry? What? Connie, our good friend who joined the show, Dennis Dingleberry. Uh, uh Dennis Dingleberry. <laughs> you fucking bastard. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and lastly, we got kisses with tongue or toe lock. Holy shit, that bo that last one sucks. Kisses with tongue. What the fuck? Toe lock. You don't want to lock? No, I no. hate that. I hate that. I don't like that at all. I don't like that at all. <laughs> ben, what are you going to do? What are you going to wear with lock toes with the one you love? I'm telling you right now, I'm never locking toes. And if I ever get close to that, I'm going to immediately say, no toes, more condoms, please. Take a bath with someone. And wear a condom. And please don't lock your toes. Don't do that. Your toes in the water. It's easier to slip them into the toes locking position. It's just wet with water. Please, everyone, if I have to say one last thing, do not lock toes. Do not lock the toes.